Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you very much for your continued support. You know why we celebrate you? Because you're bold, brave, you dare greatly, you do things that are absolutely spectacular. You're making the lives of many and the world a better place to live. That's why we celebrate you on this particular podcast. Uh, you don't have that. You don't hear the buzz in the background just because they got us in a room. But we're here on site, Hexagon Live, and it is a collection of problem solvers. And put this on your uh, bucket list because you need to attend this event because you get to meet people like Joe and Stefan. Did I say Stefan right correctly? Yes. All right, Stefan. Uh, Elevotech is the company. We're going to be talking about asset management and other things just because they're great guys, so let's get cracking. I screwed up the, the other intro, so people, people don't know that, but I do make mistakes, but rarely, rarely, because I have Canadian roots like you guys. And Canadian people don't make mistakes. You don't make mistakes. No. No. See? There it is. A level of confidence coming at me like, <laughs> no, not even close. All right. Golden Knights, congrats. So I have to just throw that out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to them. Yeah. yeah. Well 13 done. Canadians on the team, so we're cheering for them. Ah, see? See? Confident. <laughs> well, definitely Canadians know. It, there's, a, there's a video out there that uh, shows a guy coming out of the water. It's a frozen lake coming out of the water. And it's, it's like, this is how Canadians are born. So he's coming out of the water, and then he's on skis or skates. <laughs> and he skates off with a hockey stick. <laughs> so you guys are yeah. All right, you guys having a good conference? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, we're grateful to Hexagon and uh, having them put on the Hexagon Live. It's a, it's a great time here. Uh, pretty amazing at uh, what we've been able to experience with them. And, you know, the greatest conversation was the talk about optimism. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, that's a great talk because uh, going back, you know, when you talk about the world of asset management, We've been doing it. We've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, it's a reality. And, you know, I think a big part of our evolution to get us where we are today and what some of what Hexagon is showing us is all developed through optimism and the ability to believe and the ability to continue to evolve asset management. You know, when you think back, I I come out of a world that was... uh, (laughs) You know, when I started my experience, our asset management program was a three and a half by five cue card on a piece of equipment. And today we're talking about virtual reality. And I've, I've been, uh, I'm grateful that I've been able to grow uh, through the evolution of all of this. And it just continues to be completely outstanding. Yeah, it is an exciting time, no doubt about it. Uh, Stefan, Stefan, got it, Stefan. Give us a little background into who you are. Well, Scott, like, um, I guess, I, as I was saying before, I, I go back, uh, I worked 20 years in manufacturing before I got into the, you know, the sort of the software and the uh, consulting game. So, you know, working with uh, all different types of manufacturers, forging, heavy equipment, uh, furniture, even the food business. Uh, but all those industries have in common is they all have assets. They all have to maintain those assets. And, and uh, so when we got, uh, when Joe and I got together and we uh, started Love Attack, we 
thought, well, you know, let's, let's build on solutions for these different types of manufacturers and, and public sector people because uh, really uh, next to the people that companies have, their assets are next, next important uh, thing. So let's help them look after them properly. Well, that makes complete sense, and I know that, that it has evolved over a period of time without a doubt. Joe, give us a little background. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate. I've, uh, I've had the ability to work in this space. Um, came out of school, uh, started with an MRO uh, outfit, which got me connected to a lot of the commodities that we see that actually help our assets in electrical, plumbing, and heating. And then rapidly uh, went to the largest Canadian poultry processor that I'm forever grateful for that helped me understand right from, you know, the egg to the chicken piece that goes in your frying pan, uh, that entire value stream of being able to engineer it, maintain it, see the growth, the evolution of the products that we consume as humans, the food safety part of it, and that complete evolution really, really brought into focus for me the importance of asset management. And then subsequently, I was able to, again, another great experience in the pet food industry. I ran the entire operation where, you know, my my customers couldn't speak in a language that I could understand, but we needed to put out a product that they consume and love. And that was an international product that we would ship worldwide. And, you know, again, there, just in that operation, being able to provide the best possible product for the near and dear pets of our lives was something that really helped me understand a little bit more about asset management and ensuring that we've got the best foot forward in putting those products. So, you know, I look back at those experiences and the, the first thing that I thought about is, wow, you know what, I really, I really wish I had somebody that could help me really get my arms around asset management and what I could do for it and I started to reflect on it and I call on all of the folks that helped me understand it to get it to where I had it in a, in a world of operations in a world of in engineering and maintenance and I thought man I could probably go out and help a lot of folks do this and I, I tell everybody and I, I say this everywhere I go I got the best job in the world I get to travel around meet great people and I get to play with their assets and get them in a place where they can find some of that comfort that I found when I was in, in the world. Stefan, for the listeners, for the ones that are just, can you sort of help us define just briefly asset management? Well, it's, it's kind of uh, it's a couple different levels. So you've got, uh, you've got really the, um, the maintaining of the assets, the ability to... Uh, extend the life of the assets. And then what, what we end up doing is, uh, is a, in the total solution is we, we, under, we try to understand uh, what each of these industries or customers actually need in, you know, f- to fulfill their, their vision for asset management. And we actually help educate the C-suite on why they need to maintain their assets. Because the biggest problem I think the maintenance community has is they get they have all these great ideas and they get to the C-suite and they all die there. So when we talk about uh, solution management, we're really educating at all levels in the company to put that solution through uh, and get, the, get them to where they need to be. 
it's always a human equation when it comes to this stuff. I, I think the technology is the technology, and I think yeah. that, but it always gets down to the human element. And you bring up a good point, uh, Stefan, that, uh, yep, C-suites. And there's, there's this necessity to con- not just educate, but to continuously educate and to continuously be part of, like, you know, Hexagon Live and talking to people and collaborating and uh, finding out the latest and greatest and wonderful stuff that exists out there today to help, you know, them succeed because they need to succeed, you know. So tell us a little bit, uh, Joe, about uh, Elevotech. What, what, outside of the name, like where did you, you're, you're, they're not elevators. <laughs> so. Yeah, we, so, so we don't build elevators, but we'll certainly help an organization manage those elevators and get the, uh, get the life cycle out of it. Um, so, you know, Level Tech, one of, the, one of the primary things that we sat back and looked at is we know that the world of asset management, and I think we want to say that one of the realities is to help every, every possible customer with their best foot forward to sustainment. And sustainment's a big part of it, right? It's, it's never ever a perfect space, but it's what we all try to strive for. And, you know, we, we dub something that's pretty important for us, and it's what we call a 3P, and it's uh, people, practice, and products, right? It is, a human, it is a human element, right? C-suite right down the frontline user and recognizing and supporting that. <clears throat> we do know it's practice. At the end of the day, we've got standards, we've got compliances, we've got different things that we need to go into practice. And I think the biggest thing is the product side we need to... We need to know that there's solutions and, you know, there isn't always an entirely un, one encompassing. It could be a, a conglomerate of that. So we, we pride ourselves on that. Having said that, I think one of the things then we started to look, look to is that we, we use a, a, a motto of the uh, enable, evolve, and elevate. So one of the things we want Good to job. Do, you got all the E's in there. Thank you, you very much. It. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times what people have a challenge with is just getting enabled. Well, have no fear. I mean, we do it. We've been doing it for hundreds of years. So let's just get you enabled. Let's just get you started. And through starting, when we start something, guess what? We can evolve something. Nothing's perfect in our world. I tell people every day, we live in a world of... Perfect imperfections. It's a perfect world of imperfections, right? So now that you're enabled, let's get you to evolve a little bit. Let's get you a little bit more. And as you're doing that, you're going to elevate. You're going to elevate to that place of a world of sustainment, whether that's on a profit and loss or that's in a compliatory uh, world. It's a journey. It's, there's no silver bullet. Thank you. Because I know that people are looking for silver bullets out there. Just All like the time. They, they, <laughs> yeah. So with that said, Stefan, well, let's, let's sort of, a, I mean, that sounds great. Joe just sort of nailed it, home runs. Goal. Let's just use a hockey <laughs> Shoots a score. Ha- Shoots a score. Slap shot, blue line. Oh, it's in. He's no. a hat trick already. Bar actually. down. Hat trick, yeah. We'll just use all the hockey analogies. That bar down. We've yeah. got a bar down. <laughs> but then there's, there's typically roadblocks. What, what are the challenges that you see with organizations? Well, like I, I alluded to it earlier about the C-suite education. And we've and in Canada, not so much in the U.S. maybe, but in Canada, the whole process is a little slower because we're 
more cautious, more conservative on, at the corporate level on how we actually deal with things. So we've had cases where we've worked to educate the C-suite, and the whole C-suite has changed, and now we've got to re-educate another set of... It happens all the time. So it's, all the time. It's always a constant... Yep. Uh, but what I think what's encouraging, and this is... I'll shout out to the conference here a little bit. This, the level of speakers here are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, just, we just listened yeah. to the... Uh, uh, Chris, who is the he's the president and chairman of the IAM. So, um, what does the IAM stand for? International Asset Management uh, oh, okay. Institute. Institute. Asset Asset Institute. Institute. International. International Institute. Anyhow, so uh, what he's talking about now is there's more uh, focus on the fact that asset management tools and and do, and looking after your assets can actually help you with the whole carbon neutral and sustainability mm-hmm. questions because. Unless you measure what you're doing and control what you're doing, you'll, you'll never be able to improve what you're doing. So this has opened up another avenue with all the focus on that for companies to look more at asset management to, to understand if they're operating. But it's, it's the hook. It's the hook. It's, it's like uh, before, beforehand. Yeah. And, and beforehand, it's like, uh, yeah, asset management, maintenance, yeah, I get it. And there's a lot of churn that exists in, in all organizations, especially now. And uh, now you're able to sort of anchor the maintenance and reliability and asset management, all of that stuff, because it is uh, being being lumped in with sustainability, and it's it's true. Yeah. Well, I, I went through that 30 years ago with ERP. Everybody said you had to have enterprise resource planning, right? Nobody had it. It was just coming out, and every company had to have it. There was a big buzz, 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 and then when EAM first started, everybody started to say, "Oh, we have to manage our assets," but they but now it's, it's here's the reason why. Yeah. Here's the purpose. Here's the the philanthropic you know right. approach to it. Yeah. Here's the banner you can put up. It, it, but it's true. Yeah. But it's true. And it's still, I'll always get down to the business. It, it makes good business sense. Um, whatever whatever gets an organization to be diligent about it, I'm yeah, fine. Go for it. But but the reality is is that managing your assets and and doing that effectively and being engaged and, and educated and evolving, evolving yeah. is, is absolutely, you know, vital. But it, it all hits the bottom line, too, and that's, that's what the C-suite really care about is the that's bottom it, line. That's it. That's it. All this hits the bottom line. Yeah. So. I always struggle with the fact that uh, once you start to remove all of the inefficiencies, because that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to take that, that overall asset, that organization, and make it as efficient as you possibly can by using the tools and techniques and strategies that are necessary to do that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But eventually, you know, it's, yeah, we're inefficient over here, but then now we're really efficient. And then there's the change in leadership that's saying, wow, that's pretty efficient. Why do we have to spend all that money? And then they go, it, 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 it's just, it's cyclical. But now it's not. It can. It can have its series of challenges. So what's, what's an interesting component, and, and I was having some conversations, is all of this, these, uh, um, the ability to collect data and all of that off of the assets and being able to analyze those assets in a, in a very proactive way, right? Yeah. Are you seeing more companies being able to embrace that, or, is it, do you, do you, or do you find the necessity, Joe, that uh, you need to do decent blocking and tackling first, getting that, that fundamentals down before you start to venture into the, the world of, you know, digitalization. Yeah, so we're really, really seeing an uplift of folks that, uh, that are trying to do both. 
and technology's helped us with the gathering side and being able to, to fetch data. You know, there's a lot of assets today that are what we would dub in the, in the asset management world of being smart, being able to connect um, those technologies that are absorbing, let's say, the number of hits on a die or the number of gallons that have gone through a pump or measuring luminosity on a nest of lights that is disinfecting water. You know, when you think about all of that, that just starts to open so much. It just starts to open so much in the process of bigger data where you now would take an individual, a human, and send out and have some subjectivity, right, in the decision-making process. Well, we're not doing that anymore. We're using some facts. And the facts are the numbers that we're retrieving and technology has made it a lot easier to connect to these um, to these data sources. And Hexagon, um, they've really demonstrated here. I mean, I, I've seen some stuff that has been connected. And when I was in the field, I'm thinking, wow, this is what I'm looking for, right? So this whole paradigm that, or this thought process that, you know, getting data is expensive or, or you can't do it or... or you know, it's not available, isn't really true, right? I think the reality is starting to recognize that data piece, that's a priority. That drives sustainment, that drives decision-making. Okay, well, where is it? It doesn't matter where it is because I feel confident that we've got technology to go and fetch it. And now we've even got some of the strength that we see with some of the Hexagon products here uh, certainly on the asset management side, that's starting to take that data and transitioning it into information where one can make some good sound decisions and even do, you know, some projections, right? Yeah, I, I like that, and I like the projection. I like the simulation capabilities, yeah, I, you know. It's yeah. like, hey, what if I did this? Or yeah. what, if I, what if I tweaked it this way? Right, and I, right. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Now, um, what I also find, and, and there are two things, so before I forget... Are, are the the solutions that Hexagon has are beginning to bolt up against to the their EAM platform? So we're going to talk about that. But the other one is I think that given the churn, given the realities of the human equation, where people are coming and going and doing whatever, the more companies can uh, and, and I hate to, for lack of a better automate the collection of the data and the details of that data and the sort of the, the tactical results of that data, then you're, you're less likely to say, oh, my gosh, there goes Joe. Joe's out the door. What are we going to do? You know, take a, you know, 20 steps backwards in your, no, you have some level of consistency and baseline to be able to say, okay, here comes, uh, here comes Stefan. He's, he, he's replacing Joe and, and so on and so forth. And here, look at this stuff. Oh, great. It, it would seem to me that that resiliency for businesses is, is, is a must, too, as well. Oh, 100%. Without okay. question. You know, tribal knowledge. So we usually term that tribal knowledge. I think companies today, um, you know, when you talk about folks that have tribal knowledge and they start to see automation, um, look, I'm a rip the bandage off type of guy. Yeah, they see fear, right? Because oh, yeah. information is oh, power, yeah. right? Knowledge yeah. is power. But I think one of the things that organizations can do is they can recognize, they can recognize the equity in tribal knowledge and they can use that as a framework to build out the data information set that they're looking for. Really, really value that tribal knowledge, 
right? Really work with those people to, to let them understand there is a level of importance and they would be a valuable input to creating the, fam- the framework that the organization's going to need, right? And recognize yeah, that one yeah. day they'll, <laughs> they'll win the lottery or whatever grateful thing of letting them go on to their next journey or their next, uh, you know, part of their journey in their life isn't going to strand anybody else. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I would say to decision makers is recognize that you have tribal knowledge, recognize the, the equity that's in it, and leverage that to create your framework. Yeah, there you go. Some, I was just going to add to that a little bit. Yeah, but some, some of the, some of the, like, talking about the data collection part, there's so many things that with the real-time data collection <clears throat> that you could actually, <clears throat> excuse me, can actually uh, determine that you can't with people writing down, like, a readings every 15 minutes or something oh, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So uh, when, at, the, at Weston, when we, one time we had... Um, uh, we, we were having trouble with some of the equipment and we couldn't determine what it was. But when we connected to the historian, we found out that it was skipping every 13 seconds or something. And you wouldn't have never, you couldn't see it visually. Right, right. You couldn't see it visually, but there was a, you could see in the, in the data that there was a, a skip. Yeah, yeah. And that, that skip was caused then by further analysis to determine what it was caused by and correct it. But what, they, what a lot of times people will do is they'll just record a reading every so often manually or something, and all that data that's on paper ends up under somebody's desk and never used again, where these systems really capture the information that you can use it. I've seen it. You know, the paper doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, and, and there are a lot of organizations that still do that. You know, I, I think from my perspective, and, and we all talk about IIoT and all that, fine. It's, it's just getting a device out on that asset is a real you know, plus. Now, there's some conversations that are wrapped around the cyber component because they're all connected, and that's fine. That's fine. That's all, you know, fixable. But the reality is, is that um, I've been in organizations where you have these, uh, these tools, these, uh, you know, diagnostic tools sitting in cubicles. And that's where they sit, doing nothing. <laughs> and that, you know, asset is spinning and having a grand old time. And you're not getting that information. That's that, from my perspective, is the plus of, of all of these devices. Because now it's like, you know, okay, God, gee, just keep them there. But we can definitely analyze these assets in a very effective way. Yeah, and that and that adds to that predictive factor. Yep. Because what you know, you don't want to wait till something fails nope. in order to make make the correction. Absolutely. If you can, if you know that every, you know, fifteen thousand cycles, this piece of equipment is going to fail because of the bearing. At 14,000 cycles, you change the bearing. Well, of and course. You sweat the asset, and then it's a, yeah. it's a, a positive impact to the bottom line just because you're not doing the, you yeah. know, the planned maintenance, all the... Yeah. You know, you're doing yeah. it something with... You're doing it smart. Yeah. Yeah. As a word continues yeah. to go out there. Yeah. Uh, Stefan, real quick on, on all of the products that are available at Hexagon, because one of the things that I sort of just sort of went, wow, that's pretty amazing. You've got your EAM, and we all understand the EAM. We all understand what's going on there. That's all good. Right? Shout out to that entire group. Yes, like, yeah. fantastic. But now, with, with it being a part of the Hexagon family, you're, you're able to access the digital twins. You're able to access a lot of other solutions that, that just adds to the richness of that asset management. Yeah. Are you finding that? Yeah, well, I guess just to go back to... Back to what we're currently doing. Currently, we're actually a, a Hexon and an Infor partner. So, 
Um, and we, we handle oh, we, we do oh, so we do uh, EAM. We also uh, In4LN uh, ERP systems. We do right. the burst reporting analytic tool. You know, so we we, we already have uh, other uh, things that, we're, that we do, and we're we're very much in the conversation with Hexagon about adding um, like different things like Ecosys and some other things that they have because there is a real understanding how all this will fit together at some point. So um, we're very excited. Oh, yeah. Don't we're very excited. Yes, you know there's going to be a way of fitting that all together. All right, as we close. Stefan, how do people get a hold of you? Well, we're, uh, we're on the Internet. <laughs> I love the it. World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. Oh, I, love, I love the tech.com. And uh, we're out of Burlington, Canada. And you'll find our information on the, on the site. And you too, Joe? You can, uh, is that the, that's the avenue? Are you guys out on LinkedIn? Yes, oh, absolutely. So I'm going to put that back link in my uh, website. Yeah, absolutely. Connect with us on LinkedIn. We're on the, we're on the website. You can, you can contact us through Hexagon and Infor, uh, great partners. And we'd love to help you with, uh, with any part of the solution that you're looking for. At the end of the day, if there's a synergy, if there's an opportunity that we can share and you get some success and start to develop closer to the sustainment that you're looking for, we want to be part of it and help you along the way. Okay. Like you guys have had this conversation. All right, that's Joe and Stefan. You need to reach out to them. We're going to have all the contact information for them out on Industrial Talk. So if you're not, reach out to them at a minimum on LinkedIn and get some more information. The spelling of their company is E-L-E-V-O-T-E-C. Elevotech. All right. Again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk. We're going to wrap it up on the other side, so stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right. That was Joe and Stefan. Hexagon Live. We were on site. Let's just put it this way. For 2024... Put that on your calendar. Make that a point. It was just a, I don't know, it just had innovation everywhere. And, and the individuals there were just so focused on on having a conversation around solving problems. And what I see is that, and it's exciting, don't get me wrong, it's truly exciting, is that they're taking the technology and being able to bring in more functionality, more solutions, so that... The, there's this power in this this platform that helps you succeed. Uh, I mean, there's just stuff coming out, and I still think, personally, we're at the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more that's going to happen, and you need to you need to find trusted individuals. Joe and Stefan fall into that category. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Put that on your calendar. That hexagon live. We're going to have another great conversation shortly, so stay tuned.